ready because it's time for the feed. Starting now in three, two, one. Hey, I'm Amy, the host of this week's episode of The Feed, Christmas edition. It is time to celebrate because school is winding down, decorations are going up for what is bound to be an interesting holiday season. No matter what Christmas ends up throwing at you this year, there is one thing that will never let you down. The food. In the harsh, unforgiving cold of winter and the stress of the holiday season looming, nothing quite beats a tasty, home-prepared meal that sticks to your ribs and makes you feel oh so satisfied. Our very own Donovan had the pleasure of chatting with the world-renowned cook who revealed the best holiday food. Leaving work in the winter in this city can be a harrowing journey, but there's nothing quite like getting home after a long day and having a delicious home-cooked meal. But what is the greatest food to make yourself to cure the winter blues? I asked the greatest culinarian I know, my mom. Marianne Ekstrom's experience cooking food is second to none. Auctions have sold a one-night dinner prepared by my mom for thousands of dollars. She's had the pleasure of making food for former Premier Ed Stelmack and has made it for international political figures. We actually had the uh, former chief economist for the Punjab National Bank. I knew if there was someone to reveal the best food to have to warm up the soul in this dark, never escaping void that we call winter, mom is the one to do it. So what is the best food to have? Baked beans with homemade uh, pumpernickel bread. Marianne was pleasant enough to reveal the steps for her recipe for her incredible baked beans, but the portions are for you to discover. Start off by pre-boiling the navy beans and start to throw the ingredients in. Combine some onions and molasses and then apple cider vinegar, and your choice of ketchup or barbecue sauce, and let it simmer with a ham bone for seven hours at 250. Everyone has a secret technique though, so what's mom's? Uh, it's, it's to make sure you don't run out of water. You have to, you have to be very, very specific when you're cooking it, that you don't have too much water or not enough. So it's the way that you baby your baked beans. Mom knows best. When it comes to keeping warm in the winter, it's the other kind of natural gas produced by beans that'll do it. I'm Donovan Ekstrom for The Feed on NR92. Once your house smells like delicious mouth-watering food, all you really have to do to get into the Christmas spirit is spruce up your house a little bit. Over the years, it has become a family tradition to set up a Christmas tree as the centerpiece of your house during the holidays. However, with technology advancing, these trees have slowly began to turn to plastic. But if there's any tree lovers out there, do not fear. There's still a large community of people who are harvesting their own trees every winter. But do they know the full history behind each tree? Patrick is here with more. Ah, the Christmas tree. The only reason you have to move your furniture around every year but also an unbeatable centerpiece that fills the room with both color, and if you're lucky enough to have a real tree, the fresh scent of pine. But trees don't exactly grow on trees, if you know what I mean. Each Christmas tree has quite the backstory. I spoke with Peter Kepler, owner of the Forever Green Tree Farm in Edmonton, about what actually goes on behind the scenes of every tree. Trees are 
selling right now. They're all being planted between 2009 and 2011 of a two-year-old seedling. So it takes between 10 and, well, we have some trees that have been planted 18 years ago. We're selling some bigger ones two years, so between 11 and, and 18 years old. Now, despite the convenience of the plastic tree, Peter says business is booming. I guess people are looking to ramp up the holiday cheer this year. Our numbers rising every year now. I think if people are more into real trees again, I think. And especially this year, people want to do something with the family. They still can come out here and you know, looking or hunting for a perfect Christmas tree. So it's definitely busier this year than other years. Yeah. Now, if you're one of those families who picks up a fresh tree every year, I asked the expert to tell us the best way to keep the tree fresh throughout the holiday. Get, get a fresh Christmas tree. I would say that's the most important. If you put them up in water within four hours, it should be good. Otherwise, make sure you cut another half an inch off on the stem and keep them away from any heat sources and keep the water reservoir full and never dries up. While Peter was excited to talk to me about his trees, he did want to make sure that there wasn't going to be too many people hearing the story because he doesn't need any advertising. It's, it takes uh, 9 to 11 years for an average tree, you know, 7 to 8 foot. And then uh, if I run out on trees, I can't produce more. I would have still not enough trees for next year. So that's a great <laughs> tower problem. So. I'm Patrick Puff for The Feed on NR92. On the line, we have a special guest who's hoping that his Christmas tree will be full of gifts come December 25th. My little brother, Liam. So Liam, I have a very important question for you. Of all of Santa's reindeer, which one is the best? Rudolph, because he's different. He has a bright red nose, and I like the song that they gave him. Do you have a favorite kind of Christmas activity that you like to do? Waking up early in the morning and opening presents. And what about the rest of your family? I wake them up. At what time? Six. <laughs> well, for my sake, I hope you do not wake your family up that early. Thank you very much, Liam. More festive feed coming up, including a bit on Santa's evil counterpart? Stick around and find out. We know all you want for Christmas is NR92. Uh, excuse me, is this the feed? It is. Oh, thanks. No problemo. Welcome back. I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Christmas feed. When it comes to the Christmas season, you cannot avoid the kingly Kris Kringle, the sensational Saint Nick, the stupendous, the OG, the man himself, Mr. Santa Claus. But of course, with public Santa-ing being put on hold, at least for this year, NR92's Donovan Ekstrom has found one of the best Santa's helpers in the Edmonton area to give us a rundown on what it takes to be Santa and some of the things Santa is facing in this already challenging year. Oh, ho, 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 hello. I'm actually not Santa, but I'm somebody that loves the man and his work. With my ability to grow a beard and a bit of a rotund figure, I actually see myself decades from now donning the red suit. But I had a realization. I haven't actually talked to Santa since I was a wee tyke. So I called up one of his helpers, David Walker, a seven-year experienced Santa in the Edmonton area, to describe what it takes to be a Santa. It's more of a natural progression from a, a love of giving, Christmas spirit, enjoying the company of children, and uh, and perpetuating the, the Christmas miracle that is, where people get to realize how good they can be, if only for a short time each year. In a regular year, Santa David would go to people's houses or events through the city and 
do what Santa does best, create the magic of Christmas to brighten the eyes of children in the city. Even with the initial COVID restrictions, Santa David was keeping his six-foot distance outside and still making that magic happen. Of course, in all previous years, you're six inches away when you're having these conversations. And, and so with Shire children trying to hear those Christmas wishes through a dual-layer cloth mask can prove challenging. But it seems the children are able to find their big voice and, and get those wishes across. However, in an already tumultuous year with COVID, the restrictions have increased substantially as of late, and Santa David's already feeling the crunch. With it being uh, 8.20 p.m. on December the 8th, uh, my phone's been ringing off the hook, unfortunately, with cancellations mm. for the outdoor, physically distanced, mask-wearing appointments that I did have. What's that? Sleigh bells? Oh, you can't stop St. Nick. Sure, losing the in-person experience is a bit of a rough hit, but... With technology today and Santa knowing all, he can still make it happen. I, I've never been much of a, uh, of a techie, and to try and gain that genuine connection through a, a laptop screen was a little, bit, uh, a little bit of a challenge at first, but thus far in 2020, we've had some really wonderful success with our e-Santaing, as it were. Before I talked with Santa David, I haven't really been in the best headspace as of late. I know a lot of students and those around Edmonton are in the same boat. This year has done a number on everyone, and what typically is a jolly time of year filled with joy is people being a bit more grouchy than normal. So I asked Santa David, hey, what message can you give right now for everyone this Christmas season? My dear children of the world, Nate, Edmonton, and beyond, please do your very best to show as much love, kindness, understanding, and patience to those you come into contact with on a daily basis, strangers, family, and all those that you hold near and dear. It's been quite a trying time for all of us this year, and I know you're going to keep doing your best and using your polite manners to keep your spot on my nice list. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! <laughs> for The Feed, I'm Donovan Ekstrom. Pretty soon, Santa is going to have to prepare for the long journey on Christmas night where he delivers to the children of the world. But doesn't old Saint Nick deserve some company on his long voyage? Turns out, he already has some. NR92's Jason interviewed a man with an extensive knowledge of Santa's traveling companion. No, not Mrs. Claus. Something older. Something different. Something more... sinister. Krampus, or the Christmas Devil, is a folklore believed to have started in Germany around the 12th century. Recently, I got the opportunity to interview Rob Egertsen. Rob is the founder of Krampusnacht here in Edmonton and heads the first ever group dedicated to Krampus in all of Canada. 
Krampus is a horned half-goat, half-demon figure who is the polar opposite of Santa Claus. Well, Krampus is a very archetypal story that dates back many, many centuries. Basically, St. Nicholas would reward the good children, and Krampus would accompany him and take care of the bad children. Krampus would beat the children or eat them or drag them to hell. Rob then talks about some of the historical ways parents would convince their ne'er-do-well children to believe in the legend of Krampus. It's 1700 and you're living in a tiny little Austrian village in the mountains, and your parents told you that, you know, you had to say your prayers and be good and eat your food, or the Krampus would come get you. That all it would take would be the village blacksmith to put on some furs and drag some chains through town late at night, and you'd believe. Many are accustomed to hearing the classic ho-ho-ho of Santa Claus. But with Krampus, you know he's there when you hear the essence of his bells and chains. It's, it's the cacophony of the bells, um, just the sounds that Krampus makes, like um, big cowbells. So Krampus doesn't really speak, it's more so just in the sound. Now, Krampus isn't a worldwide traveling character like Santa Claus. Instead, each settlement has its own Krampus living nearby. Each village have their own Krampus. In Germany and Austria, they relive that with their louse, their walks. So you will see Krampus from all different villages carrying the sign of their village. Rob is popularizing Krampus here in Edmonton, founding the Edmonton Krampus Knot. And while the COVID-19 pandemic may have altered this year's event, Rob says Krampus Knot will be back next December and he'll be donning his own Krampus costume. It's a hand-carved wooden mask with real animal horns and real animal fur. So I have two costumes that I wear. Both are from Germany and Austria. So my fur is yak fur, and my masks, like I said, are hand-carved, hand-painted, and with real animal horns. So when I wear the one with the big horns, my whole costume weighs about 60 pounds when I put it on. Krampusnot happens every year on December 5th, and according to legend, he takes bad children in a sack to beat them or to bring them to hell. I'm Jason for The Feed on NR92. And with that, our festive episode of The Feed draws to a close. We learned a lot on our show today, from Satan Santa to holiday baking. Thank you so much for listening. Huge shout out to Scott Zielsdorf for producing and everyone else who contributed to make this show a success. Since this is the last episode of The Feed for this semester, the Nate Radio Class of 2020 wanted to give a big thank you to all of our teachers. They have taught us all we know in order to bring you high quality entertainment on NR92 and we want them to know that we appreciate all the effort that they've put into our education over these last semesters. And of course, from our radio family to yours, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to The Feed. Listen again on NR92 Sunday night at 7.30 or anytime on NR92's SoundCloud.